Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We're speaking with Murray Hill, who is the CEO of Maranica Energy. Relatively new story to us. They're, they've got assets in Australia and Namibia, and we talk about their proprietary technology called Upgrade. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, Murray. How are you, sir? Yeah, good, thanks. Yourself? Not too bad, not too bad. Thanks for uh, joining us today. We're going to hear all about your story. So why don't we kick off with a one-minute summary, and then I'll get stuck into some questions. So Maranica Energy, Perth-based uh, junior explorer, focused on uranium, mm-hmm. projects in Namibia and Australia. And uh, what differentiates us from the rest, we've got a, a process technology in-house developed called Upgrade, which lowers the cost base for processing the, the styles of ores, the calcrete styles of ores by 50%. So we're probably the most active uranium explorer on the ASX at the moment, both in acquisitions and exploration. Okay, can we, can I just sort of, I, I'm intrigued to sort of understand, you know, where this all started, you know, you know why have you got into uranium? Where did you find the? Where have you found these projects? You, you were a private company before. You've gone public. So, give us that background. No, we've always been public for a long time, but focused on other commodities years and years ago. So, I think in about two thousand and nine, I think they picked up uh, the uranium project in Namibia, Maranek Uranium Project. Mm-hmm. Um, I joined in early two thousand and twelve, uh, initially as a consultant to look at what they could do because they had single project, mm-hmm. declining uranium price, low grade project. What do you do? So we either had to be innovative or walk away. Uh, so we decided to be innovative. I'm a metallurgist by profession. Uh, we formed a technical steering committee of uh, industry experts, consultants, uh, to develop some form of process to try and reduce um, the cost base for the calcrete ores in Namibia. We achieved that. We put uh, three patents in place over it. And then we realized that, gee, we can really apply this to a lot of other um, ground in Namibia and other assets around the world. So then we started to build, and particularly in the last 12 months, we really started to build a, a big portfolio of uranium assets. Okay, so, uh, let's start with the money side of things first, because I, you know, I do want to get into upgrade, uh, and I do want to talk about the assets, but yep. let's, let's deal with the money side of things first. So market cap around 8 million, how much cash are you sitting on today? Yeah. Yeah, about a, about a million. Right. Okay. So, so whichever way, you, and I don't know what your burn rate is. You've got a fairly low burn rate. We've got two of us in the office, um, and another girl that works, a girl Friday that works a few days a week. Right. And we've got consultants and contractors um, that support us from our exploration efforts. So we get a low burn rate compared to most companies. You know, about eight hundred a year. I need to sort of understand what your plans are for this year to kind of understand what your cash needs are going to be. You're going to have to raise some money, presumably just for pure GNA. And depending on what you're planning in country, again, that's going to help define that number. Um, but you know, at, at, at this level, Namibian assets, Australian assets, at the moment they feel like liabilities to me because you've got lots of licenses. You've got to do stuff with them. So how do you go about talking to the market in today's current climate and persuade them to give you money yeah well i suppose what we're trying to do is do as much as we possibly can as low as possible cost an example of that say is we've drilled 50 holes in namibia cost us fifty thousand australian dollars right 50 holes is defined uh copies to uh paleo channel so that really adds a lot of value and we've hit some significant um, uranium grades in amongst that so with the australian assets we're also looking at applying upgrade 
um, and looking at some of the low-hanging fruit, like Ubaguma's got no resource on it. Go and mm -hmm. put a resource on it, right? And that's not going to cost, it might cost you $30,000. So we're trying to add value by by limiting our, our burn rate, right, our spend, um, and really adding as much bang for your buck for shareholders. Yes, you have to keep raising money. That's a, that's a you know, an issue with a junior at the moment. You just can't raise enough money to keep you going for a long period of time. Okay. And you're in the uranium sector and it's not loved at the moment. It's, it's definitely not loved at the moment. I think there's great expectations around the macro story, which you know we won't talk about today. But you know, as price stands today, there's going to be very few institutions willing to step into the breach, as it were, and on a leap, leap of faith. You know, at the moment. So that's what I'm wondering. Like, are you having conversations? Yeah. Are you getting much feedback from brokers or you know, or indeed funds at the moment? Yeah, look, we've got two supportive brokers in Australia that have supported us over the last four or five capital raisings, uh, and they'll certainly be there for the next one. Um, so that that's been very helpful for us, um, and we've got um, a good a good support base. I would have said, but not not strong, not you know, not people throwing money at you, but who is getting money thrown at them uh, in the uranium space at the moment? So, are you having conversations at at board level about the? quantum of money that you're going to need to get out to market to do I, I get you saying we're doing everything cheaply we're going to spend 30,000 bucks here and we've spent 50,000 bucks there but th those sorts of numbers don't deliver meaningful resource numbers you know those sorts of that sort of spend doesn't deliver drill results which can get the market excited does it well it does fifty thousand dollars spent in namibia and and i'll quote you some numbers we hit 13 meters at 905 ppm including two meters at 4500 uh, and another drill hole, that was at Copies 1, uh, another one and a half kilometres south, Copies 2, we hit, what, uh, 10 metres at 687 ppm, including 2 metres at, at 1974. So they're significant numbers. They're along the sort of numbers, and, and when you average them out across the drilling we've done, uh, we've now got uh, grades in the order of 300, 350 ppm average, right? Um, and we've also got a channel in Copies 2 that's wide as the EPL, 3.6 kilometres, and about 1.2 kilometres um, from north to south. So it's a it's a significant size, and that's been defined by the drilling on a very, very small amount of money. So we'll continue to uh, be wise with our, with our spend rate. And yes, at board level, we are talking about, okay, what's the quantum and what do we do? If we get this much, we'll do that. If we get a bit more, we'll do that. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have to, you know, you, you can't just sit on your hands, right, and do nothing, right? Because uh, your burn rate's 800,000 a year, right? So you've got to do something. And we think we're doing a great job by, and, and I wrote an email to the board in December last year and said, you know, Merry Christmas and this is what we've achieved in the last 12 months. I was surprised, I was shocked actually about how much we'd achieved because you're working away and you, you don't sit back to realise what you've actually achieved. We achieved one hell of a lot last year. We're now the largest landholder for nu nuclear fuels or uranium in Namibia. We've got exploration success. We've found two paleo channels on the first EPL we've explored mm -hmm. of 14 EPLs um, and getting some excellent results I just mentioned to you. We've just purchased um, or acquired off uh, Optimal Mining Australian assets, 48.5 million pounds at 860 ppm, right? So significant resources where we can add value by applying upgrade to it. Um, so, yeah, I think we're doing a great job uh, at the moment. The market's not recognised it mm -hmm. and we'll continue to uh, work hard 
with low spend rate. I mean, if you had $10 million, you'd, your expiration efforts would be different, right? But you're not going to raise $10 million, we're going to market cap of eight. So we certainly, are, are, I think we've been quite prudent with the money we've got and we're doing a good job of adding value for shareholders. Okay, so the problem is nobody knows who we are. So we need to get out there and tell the story like I'm telling you now. Right, okay. So you, you haven't got a number in mind yet, but you're talking about it or are you, are you able to share something with us in terms of what yeah, you're thinking? Yeah, we're, t- no, we're, we're talking about various. So we're, we're talking about anywhere between one and three million and what we might do if we had that money. No. Okay. So it it really depends on what what we go how we go about the capital raising, right? And, and how much money we do get in the door. Okay, but you you'd rather not raise well, I don't think you as he's just said you're not going to be able to raise a lot of money because you know the market cap's low but yeah. also market conditions probably dictate that as well. So you'll raise enough to kind of yeah. just keep things motoring along as you did last year. Okay, get it. So shares haven't really moved. You've, you've kind of finished, well, the last 12 months, you're kind of where you were 12 months ago. There's been a little bit of volatility uh, in there, which can can be interesting. But what's been going on with the yeah. with the shares? Well, I suppose when we put when we um, acquired these optimal assets, uh, it was an in-specie distribution. So we issued 27.5 million shares to optimal shareholders, right, at the ratio they have in, in optimal. So... These people were sitting, their shelters were sitting there for four years in a private company with no access to their money. And all of a sudden, the, you know, the ASX listed shares. So what's happened to us is we've been belted down from nine to 10 cents down to seven cents by one of the larger uh, shareholders of Optimal selling his shares. Right? So, um, you know, that, and when we low liquidity, um, I mean, you probably, there's an announcement come out today, I bought some of those shares. Um, some more because my wife's got a lot of the shares in the company because we believe in what we're doing, believe in uranium, uh, and I picked up some of those just uh, just the other day. So that hasn't helped us. Um, but when you uh, we talked before, the peers, right? We're actually as much as we've gone sideways, we're actually performing better than our peers. So um, that's a fairly uh, fairly low low, low base. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, I, I, again, yeah. this is this shows for uh, investors of they can invest in whatever they want, right? So, comparing against peers is yeah. is, is helpful uh, for you, but for investors, obviously, they've got a lot of choice. So, um, no. but I can understand why you said that. Let's 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 get into, back into the asset now, because because I don't let's say you know the shares are doing what they're doing, and you, you, you can only control what you can control. Yeah. So. How many pounds in the ground have That's you got right. at the moment? So we've got sixty-one million pound in Namibia, mm-hmm. right, and forty-eight and a half million pound, forty-eight and a half million pound in Australia. Okay. So we're doing a larger um, asset bases on the ASX, actually. Okay, and obviously you want you want to grow that. Um, what do you know about the ore body at the moment? I mean, are, are you? I mean, these fairly narrow channels that you're dealing with, or do you think as do you see a sort of a homogenous but or base? Well, the Palio channels are historic rivers. Yeah. And you know that rivers can be wide in some parts and shallow and deep in others and mm-hmm. meander. So th- it's not a uniform shape or size. Uh, we have established so far that Copies 2 is about 1.2 kilometres wide, mm-hmm. but we're not sure we've actually determined the extent of it. Our drilling didn't go quite far enough north and south to be well out of the channel. So we may still be in channel. And it's gone the full width of the EPO. At that point, is three point six kilometres. So 
it's it's coming from one of our other EPLs, which we've only just received environmental clearance to commence exploring. So um, we do know that that region, the Tumas region, uh, runs about 300, 350 ppm. Um, we're getting those sort of average grades, um, thicknesses somewhere in the order of seven metres. And all, I mean, the deepest drill hole was 20 metres. Right. So, you know, it's all very shallow. It's all very, very shallow. shallow. So Easy you, mining. It's, it's easy to imagine. And do you imagine it will continue like that? I mean, you know, I guess it's, again, early days to be talking about strip ratios, etc. But yeah. what, what do you know? What we know is that the, the channel that runs 120 kilometres um, already explored, it, it's not deep, right? It doesn't mm. go beyond 20, 25 metres generally. So we know it's all shallow. Our deposit, uh, the Maranek Uranium Project, uh, north of Copies, um, again, I think the deepest pit we put her on, it was about 30, 35 metres, right? Mostly uh, from surface down. So all very shallow. So we do know we're not going to be encountering, encountering deep ore bodies, right? We know that the, the mining is going to be probably the easiest mining you've got because it's relatively shallow and it's easy. It's calcrete ore. It's not, it's not hard, mm -hmm. right? And we also have the edge because we have this upgrade process, right? that lowers the cost base. So we did a scoping study on the Maranika project, uh, which is 94 ppm. Unfortunately, ASX won't allow us to release all the all the data because it's a inferred resource. But we have put out in the public domain 40, 45 bucks a pound C1. Now on 94 ppm, that's a pretty good C1, right? Um, and that puts us, again, unfortunately, I'm going to compare with peers, but it puts us in the same sort of trigger price for development of project as our peers in Namibia. But what we've established is that most of those costs, operating costs, are tonnes based. So if you double the grade, you halve the cost. If you triple the grade, then it's a third. So hence, we're looking now for plus 200 ppm ore bodies because at plus 300 ppm, for instance, the, the operating costs are less than 20 bucks a pound. So all of a sudden, you're comparing yourself to you know, the lowest um, operating cost producers around. So we're, we're quite excited about what we're getting in Namibia because they are around that plus 300 ppm grade and we know that upgrade will work on it. We know it can reduce the mass to less than 5%. Um, on the Maranica oil upgrade takes it from 94 ppm to 5,000 ppm, right? So what that means is that you then have a lot less to leach, right? So there's a lot less mass going into that leach circuit, which is a high cost unit operation. And it also gives you flexibility. So optionality we can take a concentrate from uh, an upgrade process and take it to an existing facility like rossing who've been operating for 44 years mm. put the concentrate in their leach circuit use their leach use their tailing stem use their refinery and their transport corridors for your reagents so environmentally big difference we, okay. we are environmentally conscious in that respect right so uh, upgrade gives us the advantage and is a catalyst for us to explore. Okay, that's why we're keen to go and spend money on exploration now. Well, okay, well let, let's get back to upgrade because I've got a lot of questions sent in by a lot of people trying to understand it. So we will get onto that. Let's let's come back to what your plan is. So you have acquired a large or large land packages. You've been accumulated. Um, well, it's quite significant. Yeah. Why? What's the business yep. plan? What's the what, what model are you trying to engage here? Why buy up so much land? Because you know that, that I don't know. It can't have been that expensive. I, I, I guess is what you're going to probably tell me. Well, but I, you're going to have to spend a lot of money you, on it. 
So the the cost is roughly two thousand Australian dollars per EPL. We've got fourteen EPLs, so it hasn't cost as much. So when you say buy it up, it's really putting your foot on it. Uh, yes, there is a requirement to spend, right? A minimum spend requirement, mm-hmm. but most most uh, mining departments around the world, the government departments, Australia and Namibia, are understanding of where the uranium price is. Hmm. So you say, look, we haven't been able to raise the capital to go and spend money on exploration, but we will, you know, once we can, we will go and spend. So you don't you don't always have to spend the money you say, right? You want to because you want to demonstrate that, you, that you're doing the right thing. But <clears throat> you can't always raise the money to do so. But our strategy is to get our foot on land packages that we believe are um, prospective for uranium mm-hmm. and shallow uranium, secondary uranium, which our upgrade process applied to and lower the cost base. So we've looked in the middle, we looked at, you know, because these paleo channels, uh, the uranium's leached from a primary source, it flows towards the ocean in solution and then it precipitates out at, when it gets the conditions that are, that are right for it. Um, we know that you have to start looking upstream of known deposits, and that's where we are. We're looking upstream of deep yellow tumors, upstream of Langerheinery, right? Um, and what we're finding is we are we are finding uranium. We also we also went back and looked at historical exploration done in the late seventies, right, by General Mining, uh, way back in, in Namibia, and we found some of the reports. We haven't found all the reports. We found some drill holes in the field. Um, you know, a little bit of PVC pipe sticking out of the ground or HDPE's pipe, sorry, sticking out of the ground. And that's given us a confidence that these folks knew what they were doing. Mm. We've gone and drilled where they drilled previously and we come up come up with some great hits. So we're, it's not just picking up moose pasture. It's right, what are we picking up? We're picking up high-quality um, exploration ground. Why are we picking up? Because we've got a technology that nobody else has got to halve the cost base for developing these projects. Say, we will come on to it, we'll come on to it. But first of all, I need to say, is the plan, or do you think your plan is to raise the money and do all of this yourself? Or are you talking to the likes of Langer, Heinrich or Rossling to do joint ventures or farmings or, I mean, how do you pay for all of this? Because I say, with all of that land comes the need to spend money, you know, and I guess it, it ramps up, but, you're going to need to raise money. And as we talked yeah. about earlier, with an 8 million market cap, that's a tough conversation. So how are you going forward? You continue to spend the, the 200,000 a year on an EPL and get 200 drill holes into it, right, and, and prove there's uranium there. That will hopefully then drive an increase in your share price and hence your market cap and your ability to raise money because you're successfully exploring. You're sure. a successful explorer. You've got a technology that nobody else has got. And whilst others are sitting on their hands waiting for the uranium price to go up, we're doing something. But we're not spending a lot of money to do it. So I think investors are very appreciative of the fact that we are getting a good bang for our buck. So they know that we've got a low burn rate from you know people we've got in the office. We don't have many, and we they, we know we're successfully they know we're successfully exploring. So then you back a proven horse, right? So that's when we think we're going to get investors coming in going well gee you're doing you got a good portfolio of land you're exploring successfully um yeah and you've got more ground to explore okay so you just told me think we're going to get investors coming in right so you just told me you think that you guys can do this yourself you've got no plans to partner up jv farm out farm in with other players in the market not for the exploration phase no, of course not. But I'm talking about going forward. What, what's the business plan here? What, what's the exit for people? Where's the point where you start making or showing, you know, money coming? 
Well, I think once, once if we've got, say, five EPIs and we've got uh, expiration uh, success on, then we, 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 things will change. We'll have to start thinking about how we, how we go and put resources on each of those. Right? Mm. So do you bring, in, bring someone in a farm in? Do you sell it to someone else to go and do it? Yeah. You know, juniors are usually bought out by the next tier up. Is that, does that happen for us? So, the, you know, and with a, a small move in the uranium price, um, you know, things are going to change drastically as well. Well, do you need a big, a big move in the uranium price r- right now, don't we? Well, we do. But as I said before, we're at less than 20 bucks a pound uh, for a plus 300 ppm deposit. But you've got to make money. Right. So you're not, you're not going to develop it at 25. You're right there because you've got capital pay for. But, but we don't need to get it to 65 like most of our peers no, do. But most you, people, that's, that's but you need to get of, it to 45. Uh, indicated trigger price. You need to get it to 45, don't yes, you? Yes, you do. You do. Because you've got to make yeah. money. You do. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You're not going to not make money. But what I'm saying is we don't need to get it to the 65 to develop a project on plus 300 ppm. Okay, so but but again, just finish. We'll, we'll, come, in, we'll come in earlier. We're going to talk. Okay, we're going to talk talk about upgrade. I'm, we're literally nearly at the upgrade, but but <laughs> I, I'm just trying to understand the, the plan here because you're not seriously contemplating building a processing plant yourself. You're going to have to partner up or toll or you know work with with you know in this case probably Langer Heinrich. Um, in fact, they may want you at that stage. They may have run out of their higher well, grade or. Here's, a, here's an opportunity, right? Before Rio Tinto sold Rossing, we had talks with Rio Tinto about the potential to take a concentrate from upgrade to their plant in Rossing in Namibia. That's right. a that's a real option. So then, you, so then, if you want to build a, a two million pound per annum um, plant, you're going to spend 50, 60 million, right? And by the time we get to the uranium price is high enough for us to to develop the project, what's our market cap going to be? It's not going to be eight million. Right. We're going to have resources to, to be developed. We're going to be looking at building a project. Um, now if it is still not high enough, then we have to be looking at partnering up. Or do you sell it? So right. the, you know that that's like um, you know getting the cart in front of the horse now because you don't really know where you're going to be in two years' time as to what that might look like. Yeah, but some, so got but some companies have of, but some companies have a plan. They some companies have a, walk into this with a plan and say. We have got a very clear exit, or we've got a very clear plan for growth, and this is the sort of company we are. We're a project developer. We are an explorer, yep. developer, but not producer. So I'm just, that's what I'm trying to get out of you. You know, what what are you guys? What have you got the experience on the board of doing, and what are you in reality going to be able to deliver? Well, we we're an exploration company that will build an asset base that's, that's attractive for someone to take out, to develop, more than likely. Good. That's, that's where we believe we'll be. Awesome. Now, let's talk about Upgrade. <laughs> I, I do want to talk about we Upgrade. Got we, we, we got there. Because, you know, what, I, what I've read about it, you know, I'm, and the questions that have been sent in, I'm, and there's not a lot of information to go on, okay? So it feels like a, a black box. It's a mysterious black box for us at the moment, but you are going to open that up for us today, hopefully. Um, what is it? <laughs> Upgrade is a beneficiation process developed to reduce the mass to be leached. Um, so in a Namibian, say we're working on Namibia here, in mm. a Namibian uranium deposit, secondary deposit, the top 15% of the ore three to four metres, the 15% of the ore body generally is high in sulphates. So mm-hmm. you take that to an alkali leach 
it consumes too much alkali. So mm-hmm. for a, a Langerheimerick circuit state. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a heap of calcite in the ore, so you can't acid leach it. So what do you do? If you go down that alkali leach route, it's a 93 degrees leach, right? It's expensive and you can't process 15% of your ore, right? So what we said, right, how can we do this better? So we initially tried to concentrate uranium and we got some fantastic results. We got 7,000 plus ppm mm-hmm. from an 80 ppm sample, but the recovery was low. And what we, what we worked out is that we have to look at the gang characteristics. So the minerals that don't contain uranium, mm-hmm. right? See what's in the ore, see what their associations on and focus on them. So that's what this process does. It, it, it uses conventional unit operations that you'd find in a mineral sands, a base metal, a gold plant, and we apply them in an unconventional manner right, to uranium ore that nobody else has ever done before. Right, so th- this... Is this pr- clearly proprietary to you? It's, it's your trademark. Is it trademark? Yes. It says TM, but okay, it is okay. And it 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 gets rid of the acid absorbing carbonates, which are yes. n- Namibian. It's a Namibian specific. Uh, oh, also, also Australia as well. Any, actually, any, it works any in Australia. Concrete deposit around. The world. Okay. Yeah, it works on any calcrete deposit, semi-arid to arid regions around the world. Right, that's where it'll work. Okay, and so why we've currently got assets in Australia and Namibia? Okay, so and the benefit for that is um, you can the, the beneficated ore can be treated with sulfuric acid as opposed to the slightly more expensive alkali, alkaline leaching. Is a there's a cost saving component to it? Yeah. Is, that, is that the USP, or is there you know is there more to it? The Obviously, the benefit is you're taking, as you say, you're taking the acid consumers out so you can go to an acid leach. Right. And because you might leave some of the sulfates in there at the top 15% of the ore body, it doesn't matter because you go into a sulfate leach, right? Right. So it's a, it's a, a cheaper, easier form of leaching, right? And it's more well-known. There's only one plant that operated an alkaline leach in the world. It doesn't operate now. It's in Kerry Lane. It's Langer Heinrich. So right. you can imagine acid leach is very, very well-known, whereas alkaline is not as yeah. well. And, and so, so really, it, it's, a, it's a function of getting the mass down prior to leach as well. So we get down the mass from Maranica, we get down to less than 2% of the mined ore. So the benefit is in, yes, you got rid of the calcite, you can go to an acid leach. But mm. now, what do you do with that 2% of the mass? Do you put it in your own leach circuit or do you take it somewhere else? So it gives you optionality. So, for instance... Um, you can you can develop a project without putting a leach refinery in, and leach refinery is going to take they're the hardest parts to commission. They'll take the longest ramp up and so forth, right? Oh, S issues, environmental issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go and take it to another facility that's leached for a long period of time, knows what they're doing, got everything set up, running well. Take it there. That's an option for you, or you go and build your own leach refinery if you've got a big enough project, mm-hmm. right? But you just see how you go, and you might even. Um, and also the other thing you can do is a very small deposit, like say, say you generally need about at least 30 million pound to have a standalone uranium processing facility, right? What we're saying, if you've got 10 million pound, you're never going to build your standalone. But if you have 10 million pound, you can produce a concentrate from upgrade and truck it to somewhere else to leach. So you can develop smaller deposits than anybody else can. Um, and you've got the option of, Hey, what do you do? You might have, we might have, say, five EPLs with 15, 20 million pound on each. None of them stand up alone. Put them all together with a central um, leach refinery, 
mm. and you've got a great project. Okay, so, th th so these are the conversations you were having with Rossing and uh, presumably you, you have or will have with Hussab as well. Potentially it kind of spices up their production numbers. Yeah, that's absolutely. We've had the conversation with Rossing. I can say that, yeah. Okay. That was Rio Tinto then, right? Right, but not but not uh, Hussab. Okay, um, why have you trademarked it? I mean, it's, are you planning to sell this to other companies to use? I mean... Have, has anyone tested it? That's an option, um, is to sell the technology. Right? Um, we've tested most ores in Namibia. So we've tested Langer Heinrich, Tumus, uh, Osinanus, Tricopy, our ore, mm -hmm. and the process works fantastic on all of them. Right? So every single ore we've tested in Namibia, it works very, very well. Mm -hmm. So it gives us a great confidence that it, that if we go and find ore at Copies or we go and find it at Mile 72, or we go and find it on one of our other APLs, we know we're going to be able to process it through upgrade. We've got three patents over it because we want to protect ourselves. Um, rather than trying to be first mover, you, at least you're protected through your patents. Have you tried it at Trekkopia? Uh, have you tried? Trekkopia, yeah. You have tried it there? Absolutely. Works there? Yeah. It's a little bit messy there, isn't it? Are you able right. to work with them yet? Absolutely. We've, we've um, yeah. Um, we've got no problems with Arano, no. They, they, um, okay. They've got a nice deposit, albeit low grade, a bit like the Maranika project. Mm -hmm. uh, but being 30 kilometres from Maranika project, you know, they've got they've got ore that they can't process through their heat bleach process that we can because it's got high sulphate. Have you had so, those conversations? Yeah, that's, that's, we've had those conversations, yeah. And? And those conversations are those conversations. And, uh, you know, some things, I've, I've seen you probe other people about, you know, trying to get information. But at the end of the day, there's some conversations you have stay as a conversation between two parties, right? Uh, and that's one conversation we have had. So I'll oh, we'll certainly be meeting the, the Arano people at, at Indaba next week or the week after. Um, that's one of the first meetings I have. But, um, yeah. Okay. Certainly, certainly could be some options there. Watch this space. Is, is, is what you're telling me. And um, have people tried it and it hasn't worked, you know, in outside of Namibia, for instance? You yeah. say it works in Australia, but, you know, yeah, have, you, have you sold it or tested it with other companies where it hasn't worked? We've, uh, we've, we've looked at some... So what we do is look at the mineralogy first. We've looked at some ore bodies and the mineralogy is such that it's just not going to work, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the characteristics of it I mean, you're looking at characteristics. Of what what do these deposits look like? They've got clay, they've got calcites, they've got sulfates. Mm -hmm. right? So you need to be able to remove those. And sometimes the uranium occurrence is in a form that you're just not going to be able to do much with. So yeah, there are some that it won't work. But and that's the beauty of what we do. We look at it and go yes or no. Right? There's no point going. Oh, we can probably get some money out of this mob by doing some test work. It's really about yes, it will work or no, it won't work. Right. right. So, okay. We won't, don't need to talk to any further. So yeah, there's some in the world that won't uh, won't work. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm, 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 what I'm sensing is that upgrade proprietary trademark technology. You've got the option of being able to sell it to others, but it's not core focus. It's not core revenue. Well, tell me, is it generating revenue for no. you? No, it's not. Okay. Um, you've got to focus on what you've got and use it on your assets. That's where you're planning. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I imagine if you've got a threat, selling it to someone else doesn't give you anywhere near the, the benefit of, of uh, financial benefit of applying it to your own ore body. Yeah, and I, I guess it's tricky, you know, with 
I mean, how do you, how would you even charge for it? Is it would it be a cash thing? Would it be a royalty thing? I mean, how, how do you even charge for something like that? Just there's out a, of interest. There's a, there's a number of there's a number of ways you can do it. Yeah, you can sell it. You can apply a royalty. You can apply a fee. There's a there's a lot um, there's a lot of examples of it uh, out there. So okay, know. but like your small team. Our, low, our low, focus is applying it to our own technology. Great. Okay, because your small team. So, um, you know, not a lot of cash. There's not much point spending a lot of time developing developing that out of house. Uh, you've got to focus on what you're focusing on. So, what is this year about? I guess got to get some cash. Got to do some more drilling and work out what you've got. And then, and then what? So, yeah, get some more cash. Obviously, um, in Namibia, it's about uh, advancing exploration on on copies EPL. And another couple of EPLs which have been granted with with environmental clearance to commence uh, exploration. We're looking at those now and working out, you know, what paleo channels might run through those. Do some HLM, which is geophysics, to identify the channel and go and drill those. So we're expecting by the end of 2020, we'll have we'll have drilled on three different EPLs in Namibia, right, right? and potentially more. Um, and um, we haven't drilled a channel that hasn't got uranium in it yet. So that's not to say that, you know, it's going to happen, but that's, you know, our success rate's been pretty good. Okay. In Australia, we're looking at these assets. We'll, we'll apply, um, we'll, we'll put a resource on Ubaguma. Um, Minerva might have, uh, we might be able to put a resource on that, another one we've picked up. Uh, and then what value can we add to these assets in Australia through application of um, upgrade in, in, you know, various forms? Because upgrade is not just one particular flow sheet; it's a, it's a number of flow sheets. No, I get, I get, I get that. Um, but but again, I guess it depends. Comes down to how much money you raise, uh, as to what you're going to be able to do. Yes. You know, and focus, focus, focus. Always important for juniors. You know, so where's the time and money being yep. spent? So you're going to work in both countries, Namibia and Australia. Um, but you know, scale is important to the market. Grade is important to the market. With upgrade, you're answering the, the grade yep. story. Uh, question is the drilling in Namibia will give you the yep. scale component, but Australia, putting a resource on, I mean, what kind of, it's gonna be a small resource. You think it's just beneficial to, let's just put a resource on, it doesn't matter what the number is. Do you think that has an impact on the market? That's the, it's not, no, it doesn't have a lot of impact on the market, but it's adding, adding to our asset base, right? So as you know, the correction in the uranium price occurs, we've got a greater asset base to work off. But yeah, you're not going to spend a lot of money on doing a resource. So we might spend thirty thousand on the Ubaguma resource estimate, for instance. Why bother? We might spend why bother thirty thousand. Why not spend that thirty thousand in Namibia and come back to Australia another time? Are you just appeasing the new Australian shareholders? Yeah, well, there's a, no. It's it's really understanding what we've got and let people know what we have got there. Right. So. Uh, and it's not a it's not a high cost. It's not as though you're spending hundreds of thousands of, like it's even like the exploration. You know, people people think you're doing exploration program and drilling, and you're going to spend millions. We're not we're not spending that. Other thing we could go and spend thirty thousand on applying upgrade to some of these resources in Australia to add value to them, right? Because okay. we uh, you know we believe that we can add value to. Them. But isn't that just a case of you know busy looking busy as opposed to busy generating real value? Because it seems to me. What you're telling me about Namibia is you're finding uranium wherever you put a drill in the ground, right? 
and building out the, the, the size of the resource that could be good for you. And it, maybe it's what, you know, a low grade compared to, say, Niger or Athabasca Basin, sure. But that's where the scale of these yeah. things become interesting. So isn't time and effort best spent yeah. there? Yeah, we're not spending a lot of time and effort in Australia. I mean, doing a resource assessment is a consultant, a small amount of money. Uh, doing test work on, you know, Angela, for instance, it's not a lot of money. It's not a lot of time. So it's not as though we're spending, you know, millions, um, as you say, you know, and it sort of sounds like that sounds like people are thinking that you're spending too much money on things that don't matter, right? But it's a very small amount of money and they're adding value. So when you say, you know, you, know, you need to add value, if you go and, you know, for instance, say, for instance, um, 100 kilos per tonne acid consumption at Angela and we apply upgrade to it and we reduce it to 10, that's 90 kilos per tonne. At $200 a tonne for acid, that's $18 a pound or more. And you go, well, that's adding value, right? Reducing the operating cost. So we really, we're really, what we're doing is focused on adding value, not just spending money for the sake of spending. We could spend a lot of money on exploration in Australia, but it's not adding enough value. So we don't do that. Okay. What are, what are your shareholders telling you? What, what are they worried about? Because you say share price is flat. Are they just putting that down to the spot price? Like there's no contracts being written and the uranium, you know, it's, it's, it's static at the moment. So are you getting a kind of free ride at the moment? You, it's, it's, they're not really giving you too much chip because they understand? Our, our or what are they demanding off of you? Our long-term uh, shareholders are very supportive of our efforts in Namibia, mm -hmm. right? and very supportive of the asset acquisition in Australia, right? They see the value that Upgrade brings to them, and they also see that they're all uranium bulls, obviously, and they see that uranium price will move. And and the bigger the asset base we've got, the greater our leverage to the uranium price, right? So that's what they're seeing. And they're very supportive of, of, uh, of where we're at. Most of them have bought shares and got sitting there waiting uh, for, the, for the, that sunny day. How, how much did the Australian assets cost? Uh, cost us two hundred and fifty thousand in cash, and twenty seven and a half million shares. So, okay. so we're not spending. That's the thing. We, yeah. We're not throwing money around. We're spending it wisely. Yeah. You pick up forty eight and a half million pound at eight hundred and sixty ppm for that much money. Tell me where you can do that. No, so we're certainly, we, we think we, we think we're doing well. It's great. No, it's great option money. But why would someone sell it if it was that good? What, what, who were the sellers and why did they sell? Uh, they had a focus on cobalt. Jeez, right. Wow! Offload the offload the That's the thing to focus on. When was that? Well, that was a while. That was a little while ago. Yeah. When cobalt was, was when good. The, when cobalt was was a lot more attractive than it is. Yeah. They must be yeah. kicking themselves now, right? Yeah. And the other thing to note about that purchase price, it's it's equivalent to about six cents per pound of uranium in the ground, right? Now I was a consultant to extract resources when they sold Husab. They sold it for four dollars fifty a pound, right? I'm not saying the hours are worth four dollars fifty a pound, but six cents versus four dollars fifty. Well, you don't have to move too far to get out, you know, value for our shareholders. I mean, the thing is, you're, you're, where are you in this cycle? I mean, you, you've, you've got to work out where you kind of fit into the, in the mix here because you're a long ways off from production, but you you feel that you're going to exit before that point, so it doesn't matter, does it? Yeah. Oh, I th look, I think it makes sense to think that someone's going to buy you out um, before you get to production. Right. No. Okay. Okay. I think that's that's reality. Okay, that's good. At least we know where you sit. Um, I appreciate appreciate you kind of running through that. I, I'm intrigued by you know 
upgrade, what it's going to do for you. I think, you know, let's be honest, you know, your focus should be, and it doesn't sound like it's going to be selling that into the markets, your proprietary technology, and hopefully that works yeah. works for you. And I'm personally intrigued to yeah. see what you do with people like Rossing and Hussab and Langer Heinrich and, and, and Arano. Are they going to come beating your door down to use this technology or not? We shall see. It only applies to secondary uranium deposits, so it doesn't apply to primary. So, for instance, Husab Rising doesn't apply to their deposits. Okay. But the potential then for instance, they could concentrate. Right. Right. Okay. You sell that into them. Okay. Interesting. Well, look, stay in touch. Let yeah. us know how you get on. Um, and right. I do appreciate Thanks, you sir. making the time today to talk to us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.